Jenna Jacoby is presented by Allstate. Get protected from mayhem this year when you switch and save with Allstate. This is Method Man and the Mighty Wu-Tang Clan. Chilling, Jalen and Jacoby, man. They gave these dudes a show. I'm David Jacoby. We what are Jalen and Jacoby. What is it we get that people. we do? What they want. Jalen Rose, the NBA season starts tonight, and we will get you ready for that. But first, we will discuss last night's Monday night football game. It went into overtime, and the Los Angeles Chargers and Justin Herbert got the win with a game-winning field goal. However, this game to me was about what the Broncos can't do, not what the Chargers can do. What is wrong with the Broncos, Jalen? I thought you were going to say the game was about pristine field goal kicking. One guy three for three, (laughs) another guy four for four. If the kickers went at it, it would have been 13-10. They basically scored all of the points. To your initial question, it starts with the ineptitude of the Broncos, and it didn't just happen in this game. They've been one of the worst offenses in the league. And as I was watching the game, I kept hearing Troy Aikman, in a lot of ways, question all sides of it. The coaching, the play calling, the talent. Do they have the talent that he really thought that they did? And in a lot of ways, I started to feel bad for Russ because Justin Herbert didn't do much better. He threw the ball 57 times, by the way, and only had 238 yards. And so the, the Chargers did eke out an ugly win, but this is, as you noted, gonna go down continuing to, to discuss how bad the Broncos are on offense. Their defense been balling. Their defense been balling all year, keeping teams down. I but mean, the offense- idea that they signed Russell Wilson to this extension, uh, something tells me that they will regret that, and they are regretting that right now as they watch him play every Sunday and on last night, Monday. But, Jalen, enough about a bad football game. Let's talk about the NBA season that starts tonight. I can't wait to watch these games. So, you and I both focus on the NBA so heavily, but you and I defer when it comes to which teams will be in the Western Conference Finals. You have the Clippers and the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. Why? I'm going with the teams that have elite players on the roster, Steph Curry, Kawhi Leonard, also Klay Thompson, Paul George in supporting roles. The Golden State Warriors have that championship pedigree, but they have that unique blend of depth of young players, Wiseman, Kaminga, Moody that's going to play quality minutes. Wiggins is more confident along with Jordan Poole. They both just got paid. And for the Clippers, Kawhi Leonard returns the claw. The best two-way player along with Giannis in the league. And the Clippers have never been to an NBA final. They're deeper than they've ever been 
No one talks about Zubak. I love the way he competes as a big in the paint, plays big, dunks, keeps the ball high, blocks shots, contests shots, grab rebounds. That's going to be crucial. The depth they added on the wing with Covington and Powell. Adding John Wall to go with the depth that they already have in their backcourt. Both of these teams have elite coaches. Steve Kerr, eight-time champion as a coach and as a player. Tyron Lu on the other side. For me, he's top two or three in the game right now. I feel like both of these squads are the best, the deepest. They're both going to have things to prove. The Golden State Warriors, can they overcome the Draymond incident with Poole? For the Clippers, can they overcome what has been seemingly like a curse for decades? This is my choice for the Western Conference Finals. So it's hard to disagree with you, especially because of the Tyron Lue aspect. I think that people don't take that into account enough, what a great coach he is. However, I have the Nuggets going against the Warriors. And Clippers, Nuggets, what it really depends on is health. If you have Jamal Murray playing like he can play, if you have Michael Porter Jr. being the actualization of the prospect that he was coming out of high school and college, then I believe the Nuggets will be in the Western Conference Finals with the Warriors. But it all has to do with health, just like the Clippers. Can you, can you depend on Kawhi? to play 70 games a season? Probably not. Can you depend on PG to play an entire season? Probably not. But the Clippers, the Nuggets, either one of those, depending on health, will end up in the finals with the Warriors. But the Warriors, we both have in the finals. And you can't forget about the stretch mark five. I think that Nikola Jokic will end up winning his third straight MVP because he drug dragged this team to a great record last year and I feel like this year he will do the same with a better roster around him I have the Warriors and the Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals Jalen you have the Sixers and the Nets in the Eastern Conference Finals why is that See, the Warriors have a stranglehold on the West with those four titles, and then now LeBron is there. But since the King left the East, it's been a revolving door. Toronto Raptors won the conference, won the championship. The Miami Heat won the conference. The Bucks won the conference, won the championship. The Boston Celtics won the conference. Throughout this process, you know which team has been on the outside looking in, other than the Nets, the Sixers. Sixers. And Joel Embiid, who just led the league in scoring last year and is going to be uber-dominant again this year, a motivated James Harden, who, yes, is a terrific playmaker, but also I believe he's going to show that he can be a more efficient scorer like he was after he dropped some weight. Tyrese Maxey is... The ascension that he's made as a player, making open threes, his speed in transition, his the, the depth that they have defensively with Thibel, they still have him. The, the, a veteran like Tobias Harris is also going to give them size and, and, and competitiveness up front. I just think they're a deep team, a, a really stout team. De'Anthony Melton is going to play quality minutes for them. Like They got a squad. So I feel like the Sixers make the conference finals. Now the Nets, I'm literally betting on KD and Kyrie. That's what I'm betting on. Yep. 
Like, I'm betting that Iceberg Slim shooting threes from the suburbs just saw the Golden State Warriors win the championship, and he was so mad that he asked for a trade. And he was really upset. He wanted everybody fired. (laughs) Sean Marks. Steve Nash. He did ask for a trade. He did ask for everybody to be fired. We forgot that. Like, he's, he, he is on the Brooklyn Nets, and he's in a Nets uniform, but we so quickly forget that he said, I don't want to be here, and I want all of you fired. I want everybody fired on the entire roster. And, and, and you know how everybody received that? You right, KD. We ain't trading you. You right, KD, because we know you're going to respond this year and play at an MVP level, which he was doing last year. And here comes Kyrie. He's, he didn't have to get vaccinated to now play home games, Jacoby. He was 28-5-5 yep. five five last year. And, 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 and the oohs and ahs of playing in Brooklyn and putting on the show in front of those home fans, get your shooters back at Seth Curry and Joe Harris. I, I like what they're doing at center, the young bigs they have. And the wild card, you know what it is. Ben Simmons. That, that, that's the wild card. Uh, ben Simmons can stay I mean, healthy. Jalen. Like, yes, sir. I am the same person that thought that Russell Westbrook would work on the Lakers. But I am the same person that feels like this Nets team is going to be the best team in the Eastern Conference. Am I crazy? I feel like Ben Simmons is a perfect fit for this roster. I feel like they get Joe Harris back. They've got Seth Curry, Kyrie, KD, Claxton. I really feel like this Nets team is the best team in the Eastern Conference. I might regret saying these words in mid-October when it comes to the summertime and things warm up. However, right now, as I said, I feel like the Nets are the class of the Eastern Conference. Tell me I'm wrong. I'm not mad at you, and I see you had the Bucks beating them. We obviously going to respect Giannis and Drew Holiday and Middleton and their championship pedigree. I just feel like the Nets and the Sixers, it's their turn. That's my theme for the East. I feel like the Nets brought together a big three with Harden, now Simmons, and hasn't progressed into what they hoped it would be. And the process the same way with Daryl Morey, Doc Rivers, and Embiid now adding James Harden. So I feel like that's why those two squads for me are going to be on the collision course to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. But I ain't mad at your pick of the Bucks. One thing I love about doing this show with you is I was in a car with you yesterday and you said to me, you're like, I don't like doing these picks. Like, I don't like this. I don't like I don't like forecasting who's going to be in the NBA finals in mid-October. But that is what we have to do. And I have the Warriors and the Bucks in the finals. You have a very different setup. Who do you have in the finals? I have two teams that have been waiting to do it for different reasons. I talked about the process in the East for the Sixers, for them to finally break through to A, make it to the finals, is gonna be a victorious season. And for the Clippers who've never been to an NBA final, I think the thing that people underestimate about the greatness of Kawhi Leonard is his ability to be dominant defensively. And how LeBron James has his three championships. His four championships, a couple of different conferences. Steph Curry has his four championships, all coming out of the West. Kawhi has won it in the East and the West, too. And I truly believe that he's going to come back and be a dominant player. 
And that Toronto championship is something that I can't ignore. I was there to watch it. I saw him like so very dominant. I remember him drive around Simmons, drive around Embiid and make that jump shot. And it just bounced on the rim two or three times. I think this is going to be that magical season that he helped list the Clippers. They are this Jaylen. year's NBA Finals champion for me. You are 1,000% wrong about this because there's a gentleman by the name of Wardell Stephen Curry who still plays <laughs> in the Western Conference, still plays for the Warriors. Klay Thompson coming back from injury, being himself again. Draymond Green in his, what I think will be his final year with the Warriors. I believe that this team... Adding Wiseman, they got better. Rarely do you see championship teams get rings, hang up banners, and get better in the offseason. They did exactly that by adding Wiseman. As you mentioned, Kaminga will develop. Moody will be a player. They got better. The Warriors will be this season's champions. And we will be joined by Angela Rye in just seconds. You will not want to miss this. Angela Rye joins us right after this. You are watching Jalen and Jacoby. The NBA season starts on ESPN Wednesday night, 7.30. It is the New York Knickerbockers taking on the Memphis Grizzlies. That's at 7.30. And then at 10 p.m., we have the nightcap. Luka Doncic and the Mavs take on Booker, Paul, and the Suns. Welcome back to Jalen and Jacoby. The NBA season is just hours away from starting. And you and I have a difference of opinion. I have Nikola Jokic winning his third straight MVP. However, you have another international player winning the MVP this season. I do. And Luka's my choice, followed by Ja Morant, who will be in the conversation, Joel Embiid, who will be in the conversation, along with Devin Booker. If you notice, I, I named four people who have not won it yet that still may play at an elite level and be very dominant for their teams. As you know, the award has a lot to do with narrative. And you're right, the Joker is going to put up historic numbers, but so is Giannis. And so it'll be interesting to see. Now the OGs will disqualify themselves if they ball. KD, Kawhi, Steph Curry, LeBron, it's anticipated that they're going to do work. It's interesting you say that because it is so much about narrative, and I feel like the NBA media did everything they could to give Joel Embiid the MVP last season, but they could not deny the work that Nikola Jokic put in with the Nuggets. And I feel like with a better roster, with Jamal Murray returning, with Kevin Porter Jr. contributing, they will again be at the top of the Western Conference and Nikola Jokic will be the MVP. Doncic, Jokic, who knows? What I do know is that the NBA season starts tonight and we will be back tomorrow to discuss Discuss it. ESPN 2, 4 p.m. We always say we give the people what they want. Part of that is doing podcast exclusive content for our podcast listeners. We have the full Angela Rye interview for you, our podcast listeners. And Jalen, who is joining the pod tomorrow on <laughs> the program? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. 
Jason, a.k.a. Jada Kiss, the icon, top five DOA, D-Block, L-O-X, will be joining Jalen and Jacoby, my brother of over 20-plus years. I was in, we gonna make it, we gonna make it, we gonna make it video. Kiss will be with us tomorrow. And exclusive. Look forward to that tomorrow. We have Angela Rye for you right now. And we'll be back with another Dope Pod to Step 2. Why is that Jalen Anthony Rose? The Red, Black, and Queen. Check her out on YouTube. Black Facts on IG. We're not done. We're not done. We are not done. Coming to you live from the seaport and brought to you by Chase. Welcome back to Jalen and Jacoby. Jalen Rose, who do we have the honor of having on the program right now? One of the most knowledgeable and respected people we have in the culture, who's not only an activist but an attorney, also a host for ESPN, does a YouTube show that's hilarious. Angela Rye is joining Jalen and Jacoby today. Hello. How are you guys doing? Good. Appreciate the love. We are doing great. And thank you so much for joining us. And one thing that we do every single day that we have this platform is we recognize another day that Brittany Griner remains unlawfully detained in Russia. Today is her, her birthday, and she is concerned right now that she will not make it home. How do you feel about her detainment in Russia? Well, first, um, I just, again, want to shout you all out for never forgetting BG. Um, It is a really, really important day. It is her 32nd birthday, and it is 243 days later, and she's still wrongfully detained. Um, We're right on the eve of an appeal for her case. Um, As you all know, on October 25th, um, there will be an appeal to the nine-year sentence, the very harsh nine-year sentence that she received. And it would be an amazing miracle and a tremendous birthday gift for Brittany to be released um, because we know that it's time for her to come home. But today on her birthday, there are black women all over the country who will be writing letters to Brittany um, just to let her know that she's gone right now, but not forgotten. And we're going to continue to fight for her. And so we're inviting people everywhere to not only send Brittany happy birthday wishes online, read her a letter that one day she'll be able to see, hopefully one day soon. There is a lot at play. You all know that this this case runs the gamut. It intersects with foreign affairs, with war, um, with the Ukrainian invasion, with cannabis, um, with criminal the criminal justice system or, or an injustice system as we've seen reflected in Russia. There's so much there, so much to unpack. And today we can just focus on wishing her the very best and telling her to keep her her head up while she's stuck over there in Russia. We definitely wish her a speedy, safe return to the United States and appreciate you using your voice and platform to highlight this as well. But another thing that you recently did and it related to the NBA draft, you got a chance to see the number one and the number two picks play against one another in Jamal Crawford Summer League in your hometown of Seattle. 
So tell everybody about pa Paolo Bencaro on and or off the floor, what NBA, NBA fans can expect. Well, you know, I, I just I just want to reserve this opportunity to have some bragging rights because we got the number one pick in the NBA draft. And like that has never happened. So I just want to tell y'all that that day, like I lost my voice and I lost my mind because I had this gut feeling, this gut feeling that um, he was going to go number one. And so I was pushing the network. Shout out to ESPN for this, but this is true. I was like, this has to air right before the draft. Like, I have a feeling he's going to go number one. Now, it could be that this interview was so good. Orlando was like, you know what? On second thought, let's But I want to attribute something to the young man's skills, too. And he gets it from his mama. And that was the whole point of our interview. So I want to shout out Rhonda and Paolo. Like, best of luck. Congrats on the, on the Jumpman um, endorsement deal as well. But we can expect great things from him. Um, he's still standing, standing tall. He's gracious. He's kind. Um, and he's bad. Like he, I mean, bad, good. You know, the young people yes. don't know Michael Jackson. Bad is Michael Jackson. Yes. He's, he's incredible. <laughs> he's incredible. And I think there might be somebody on this program that might have a little bit of bias for him because he also wears the number five. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And he... also, he's going to be right there for rookie of the year. Of course, I'm going to go with Jaden Ivey of the Detroit Pistons. We shall see what happens there. Oh, you said you're not that biased. Okay. All right. <laughs> 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 well, Paolo Bancaro represents the great city of Seattle, Washington, as do you. And all NBA fans are just waiting for a return of the NBA to that great city, that passionate-based fan city of Seattle. When will we get an NBA team back there? And how important is it to that city to have one? Well, Jacoby, I don't know if you feel like protesting today, but I'm always down <laughs> to start a petition for the return of the Sonics. Um, I'm throwing all the shade to the folks who were involved in transferring my team to the Oklahoma City Thunder. I started calling them Thundercats. <laughs> because I was that mad. I don't know if people know about the cartoon, but I was that mad. And this is a sore spot. I remember saying even last year, you know, it's not the same. Seattle doesn't have a team. And there were some some women basketball players who were like, ah, ah, yes, you do. You have the storm. And I do want to acknowledge that um, well, while there was a gaping hole in men's professional basketball, the storm has held it down. Shout out to Sue Bird, who, of course, finished her last season with the Seattle Storm, but I'm still missing my guys. Like that was a bedrock, you know, super important foundational experience for so many of us. And when you hear a lot of the guys who came out of Seattle talk about growing up and watching the Sonics, it had everything to do with their success. So in spite of that, Paolo is still able to succeed, but we want to give some other young people the opportunity to make it to the league. And there's no better way to do that than to have a team in your own backyard. There are way smaller cities, by the way, who have teams, including Oklahoma City. Um, <laughs> and so we want to make sure we balance things out, have, make this a little more equitable NBA. Come on, work with me here. Between you and Steve Ballmer, Y'all going to make sure that Seattle get a team for sure because he's really enthusiastic. <laughs> I have to ask you Tell something else. <laughs> exactly. So 
I've appreciated over the last couple of years, organizations like the NFL have been more open to encouraging young people to vote, to vote in a nonpartisan way. So much so that they're now opening and making available their arenas and stadiums. Can you talk about that work and what's happening with the Black Caucus? Um, sure. So with um, NFL votes, the thing that is important to know is that this didn't start this year. It actually started in 2020. And they worked with um, Major League Baseball, NHL, soccer, the NBA, all to open up stadiums and arenas. This was um, something that was really important, as you all know, during the pandemic. It provided more space and opportunity for folks to go out and vote in 2020. So at that time, over 48 arenas and stadiums were open. It looks like those numbers will stay the same for this midterm cycle, which is very important. We spent a lot of time encouraging people to vote in presidential elections, but not always in those off-year elections. And they're very, very important. Um, this year, for example, we have a governor um, who's being challenged in Georgia. This is the same governor who has um, worked so diligently to suppress votes, to make voting harder. A misdemeanor now if you're handing out water to someone standing in line at the polls That's in Georgia. Crazy. This is right. This is this is what we're up against. And so we have to be mindful that there are things on ballot initiatives that we care about. Wage equity, reproductive justice is on the ballot. Folks who are trying to ensure that we have equal access economically and in education are on the ballot. And so we need to be paying attention to that. It is a bipartisan um, supported effort to have folks be able to vote in arenas and stadiums. I think more than uh, 78, 77% of Americans supported this initiative. That's great on a bipartisan level, but hopefully just democratizing access to the polls can in some way push back against some of what we've experienced in voter suppression throughout the country. Thank you so much, Angela, well for joining Thank us you. on the program. Appreciate you can love. find Angela online and on ESPN. We look forward to having you back on the show soon. Thank you, guys. See you soon. Appreciate the love.